as we uh, as we jump in this morning, uh, want to start with with something just before we get to the ten lepers, and that's top ten lists. Uh, I know as you know th- through this COVID nineteen, there's, there's Netflix watching has gone up, and there's all kinds of things people are trying to uh, find to uh, amuse themselves through uh, through this time. People, some people are getting projects done at home. Uh, for me, anytime there's things that, that as I'm going through, if I see a top ten list for something, for some reason that just grabs my attention. Like the top ten goals by Austin Matthews this year. You know the uh, top ten bloopers from the NHL or the top 10 fails of the year. Uh, I, I, I didn't make that list yet, I, for, but, uh, you know, the top, the top 10, uh, you know, COVID memes or Tiger King memes, any of these things, these top 10 lists, they just, there's something about that, that, that piques my attention. Cause I know there's other lists like the 43, you know, best memes of the year. And I was like, ah, that's too long, but top 10, I can, I can do 10. And this morning, my question for you is what's your top 10 list? What's your top 10 list? And you're like, well, top 10 list of what? I want you to think about your top 10 list of the things that you're grateful for this morning uh, as we kind of walk through this story of the 10 lepers. You know, today's account um, comes from a, a guy named Luke. And maybe, maybe you're not a, a Jesus follower. Or, uh, you haven't been around church stuff in a, in a long time, but you're, you're tuning in this morning. Um, Luke was a guy, a real guy who lived 2,000 years ago or nearly 2,000 years ago. Uh, Luke was a man who, who had, a, uh, had a friend named Theophilus. And Theophilus hadn't seen or experienced what this whole Jesus movement was about. Uh, but Luke had known a number of the eyewitnesses who had seen what Jesus had said or, and heard what he said, saw what he did. And he's like, I want to write an accurate account. So my friend Theophilus knows what really happened. And the reason all these people were writing all of this stuff back then is because something amazing had happened. There was a man who rose from the dead. And it was, it, it was this, this thing of, let's let people know the details of what, this, what happened in this event. And so he writes, he writes down this account. And he starts by talking about how Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem and he, had, he was near the border of Samaria. These are real places. And, and uh, in, in this day and age uh, that Luke was writing about, Samaritans and Jews hated each other. Uh, if there was a way for um, the Jews to take a path around Samaria, they often did. Even if it was a little bit uh, further to go, they would take that path because didn't, they didn't get along with each other. The Samaritans had been, uh, they were people who had been brought in from exile from other countries and just kind of plopped right in the middle of, of uh, Jewish territory. And so there was all this angst between them. And uh, it says, Luke says in Luke 17, verse 11, he says, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a the village there, right on the border, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Here, these 10 were practicing their physical distancing, staying away, saying, you know, uh, yelling out to, to Jesus. You know, most of the time they would have done their physical distancing anyways. Jews, Samaritans, we don't speak to one another. But these men... They were desperate. They, uh, they'd been li- they were living with a life sentence of quarantine. I don't know about you, but c- this quarantine of the f- past five or six weeks, it feels so long. I was like, man, like when they talk about how it may go on for a little while yet, I'm like, wow, you know, this is, this is, a, this is a long time. But for these 10 men, there was no end in sight for theirs. Just picture being told from now on for the rest of your life, you will live in this quarantine where you can spend time with your family, but no one else. 
Man, they didn't even have FaceTime or house party or, or TikTok to keep them entertained. They, they, they didn't have any of that stuff. Can you imagine what they're feeling? I think we have a glimpse of it this morning. And so they, being desperate, just said to their, their prayer to Jesus. And they didn't, you know, it wasn't a prayer where they assumed the position and fold their hands, close their eyes. And, but it's the same idea. They just called out to God. They called out to Jesus and said, Jesus, have mercy on us. You know, I, I would put words around that prayer that are probably similar to the ones that you would pray and I would pray, which would be, God, help us get back to normal. God, can you help us get back to normal life where we can once again integrate with other people? Can you help us become normal again? You know, Luke writes in verse 14 that Jesus looked at them and said this, go show yourselves to the priests. The reason they needed to do that back in that day, leprosy was a skin, very visible skin uh, disease that uh, would, would deteriorate parts of their body and they would lose, they would lose digits and, what, and whatever. But you knew when someone had leprosy. And for most of them, it was completely incurable. But every once in a while, there's that somebody would look at their hands and realize, wow, the skin's not white anymore. It looks like the wounds look like they have flesh color again. Think maybe I'm healed. Well, they would have to go to the priest and the priest would determine whether they were in fact actually healed of leprosy or not and whether they could integrate back into society. And so Jesus is telling them, go to the priests. Go. <laughs> they said, hey, would you have mercy? He's like, yeah, go to the priest. And as they went, he said they were healed. You know, I think about that as they went somewhere from the journey where they had spoken to Jesus and to the spot by the time they got to the priest, they were healed in that moment. And as they went, I, I think about that because for some, for us, we think, oh, COVID-19 is very, uh, <laughs> very apparent right now. But there'll be a time where we said COVID-19 came and went. And, and we're not going to be in this, in this um, spot anymore. There's been people who've contracted it and it was like, yeah, they had it, but then it, it went and it is, uh, they, they've recovered but Jesus is talking about how this miraculous event takes place where on the way they are healed. But that wasn't the reason, you know, that, that wasn't the reason why Luke included this. It wasn't that these lepers were healed, though that's amazing. There was something more to this story because there was lots of other lepers who had been healed. You know, Luke tells us the story because of this portion. Verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, walking along, notices he's healed, he comes back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan, the one, the people who didn't talk to each other. He's the one who comes back. Verse 17, Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where's the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. I want to remind you, this isn't a parable. You know, the good Samaritan parable where Jesus is making the Samaritan look good through a story, that, that's not what happened here. This is something that actually happened, happened. Uh, this real Samaritan with leprosy really was healed and really came back to Jesus to give him thanks. You know, it's Jesus, it's, it's like he seems surprised that only 10% of this, of this group would come back uh, and say thank you, that only 10% were grateful but I, I really wonder if he should have been surprised because if I look around at people and I look at my own life, there's so many times where I realize that we're, we take so much for granted. We're, we're just, we take things as if that they're expected and, and gratitude is not always forefront. Not that kind of gratitude, not the coming back and fall on your face and shout, you know, thank God, praise God. And what happened in this story is it revealed something in the hearts of those 10 men. And I believe it has the, the uh, power to reveal stuff in our hearts today if we'll allow it. And I believe it has the ability to change us, 
to be who he wants us to be if we'll embrace it. You know, as I look at the pandemic so far, you know, I've, I've noticed that the pandemic, COVID-19, has, has really been a great revealer of things, a lot of things. It's revealed a lot about me. Uh, I, I, I believe it's probably revealed a lot about you. You know what COVID-19 reveals? COVID-19 reveals the strength of marriages and relationships. Because now you find yourself in this place where you're spending a whole lot more time together and it reveals whether your marriage was strong or whether it had cracks and those things seem to get bigger. For some, it's like, oh, we just love each other even more. I was talking with somebody this week and he's like, yeah, my wife's down to like one and a half shifts a week and, and she's home all the time now. It's like, oh, and uh, how are you guys? And he's like, oh, I go to the garage a lot. And then he starts laughing. He's like, no, we're, we're good. We're good. But you know, for some, it may not be the case. And we pray for you this morning, but, but we'll, and this challenge and encouragement is today is for you. There's also, it reveals the level of your patience. I met a, a, a lady this week and she had said to me, you know, she's got her kids at home and she just had, had taken her one son to the, to the doctor to get some stitches. And uh, she's like, oh, we had to gown up and everything at the hospital just for a few stitches. But as she came back, um, she had told me, she's like, you know what I know? She's like, COVID-19 has taught me something. I know that I am not a homeschool mom and I am not a nurse. I can't handle these things. And, and again, it reveals what was already there. It reveals your frustrations. Uh, you know, full disclosure, this one's about me this morning, that it reveals the level of frustration that we have. And, you know, I'm used to being home with my kids quite a bit. And, and uh, this week, um, one, of the, one of the nights this week, I was up all night. I had a gallstone and, and uh, this pain. And the next morning, um, I was sitting there. And it's like, oh, we're trying to figure out what caused it this, this time. Was it, what did I eat? What did I eat? My daughter's sitting there on the couch and she says, dad, maybe, you know, because we were talking, maybe it's stress. She's like, dad, maybe it's your anger. And I was like, my anger. She's like, yeah, like, you know, you kind of like yelled at your computer yesterday quite a bit. And I was like, <laughs> I was yelling at the computer because it wasn't uploading the video that you guys had a chance to watch this, this week. And I was like, oh, and I was like, you know what? I'm not sure my, that my, my daughter's like, that that's going to be like medical school diagnosis, but it was a diagnosis nonetheless. And it, it hit me right here is that yeah, it's revealed this frustration that why is that? Why, why is, why is a grown man yelling at a machine? That doesn't, that, that's not right. Revealing stuff that's going on. And, you know, I'm grateful for her for sharing that. You know, I think about financial planning. COVID-19 has revealed financial planning for many, whether there was any or not. You know, it's tough to live paycheck to paycheck when there's no paycheck. And for many of you, uh, you may be finding that there's the pinch and there's that, 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 that feeling, the, the, the squeeze. Uh, and it's just simply been revealed. It was always there, but it's revealed now. For some, it's your emotional, mental health. You know, in times like this, all of a sudden you're in just, all of a sudden you're lonely and depression is sitting, t setting in and you're taking that downward spiral and all you can focus on is the negative. And before you had friends who would kind of pull you out of that and, and encourage you out of that. And, and now you feel like, man, I can't, they're not there. It's just revealing something. It's revealing something about you. Addiction too, you know, addictions and destructive behavior being revealed in times like this. You know, when we go through our 12-step programs, they often tell us that there's, there's, there's this thing called HALTS, which is uh, five of the things that, that help you to realize are, are part of the triggers of addictive behavior. And, and that's when you're hungry, when you're angry, when you're lonely, when you're tired, and when you're stressed. And many add as well, when you're bored. Those are the things that are this breeding ground for addiction. You know, reading the, through the news this week, one article just talked about how, how um, more people are drinking more at home than ever before. And I thought, you know, of course they are because they can't drink anywhere else. Uh, 
But they said that's not the thing. It was that they're actually consuming more alcohol than they consumed before. And they're doing it at home. And it's this, this, this addiction that sets in. For some others, it's not, it's not that. It's, it's this. It's like you're spending all kinds of time. This is the one that gets me all the time too. Just being, well, I need to use it for work. But then sure enough, there's lots of times I don't need to use it for work. And it's, it's right there wanting to be on that. And then there's other kinds of screen addictions that boredom uh, creates in, in opportunities like, like this that people find themselves addicted to stuff they're watching online. It's, uh, it's this breeding ground for addiction that simply just gets revealed through COVID-19. For some, it's hidden fears and hidden anxieties that are being revealed. You know, you didn't know that you had this fear of death or this, this fear of disease or this fear of suffering and it's, it's being revealed or the anxiety that's there. It reveals things we've taken for granted. I think it's Joni Mitchell who sings that song, Don't It Always Seem Like You Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone? It revealed a lot of the things we took for granted. And for some, you just, maybe it's freedom. You're like, man, I, I forgot what it was like and how awesome it was to just be able to say, hey, today I'm going to go here and go there. Or I'm going to go and see this. or I'm going to go and do that. And, and now it's like, no, stay home. It's like, oh, I didn't know what I had. Or maybe it's your job. Before you're like, oh, I hate my job. And now you're like, wow, man, I love the fact that I had a job that I could even just leave my house and someone would pay me for that. That was, that was great. Man, I miss that. You know, for people like me, I'm just like, man, I, I miss shopping and I hate shopping. Ask Beth, when we go shopping together, I walk into Talese and I feel instantly tired. I'm like, oh, I hate shopping. And now I drive by malls and think, man, like I wish I could go shopping. I, I, I don't know what that is. I, maybe that'll go away. But how many kids with school right now are just like wishing they could go back to school? The same kids who just, dad, I never want to go back to school. I don't want to go to school today. Now they just can't wait to go back. You know, health. For many, it's revealed, you know, health things where we take that for granted until it's gone. But maybe you've taken other things for granted, like your spouse, your kids, your relationships, the people in your life, the people that, that serve with you, part of your team, you've taken for granted. Man, COVID reveals all those kind of things, and I think it's a good thing. You know, over the last number of weeks, we've encouraged you to hold on to things. Hold on to things like faith and hope and love and truth. I would encourage you with one other thought today that that maybe we should be holding on to gratitude as well for a very important reason. Paul, Paul was a guy who started these churches, had young pastors that he was mentoring. One of those guys was named Timothy. And Paul wrote a letter to Timothy and warned him that in the last days, it would look like this. He said, 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 to 2, he says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, it's, it's going to be very difficult times. And you're like, yeah, tell me about it. We must be in the last days. This is difficult. But he said the difficult times aren't going to be the circumstances. It's going to be the people. He said in verse 2, For people will love only themselves and their money. They're going to be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to parents, and ungrateful. Unthankful is going to be, a, is going to be one of the earmarks of people in the last days. He says they're going to consider nothing sacred. And it goes on with a long list. You can continue reading those verses on your own if you'd like to know more about them. But that being thankful, that attitude of gratitude, that's something that will be lacking in the last days, he says. And, you know, think about that. That attitude of gratitude, that attitude of thankfulness, that's a choice each and every one of us has. Uh, the words of Chuck Swindoll said this, the longer I live, and just listen to this. It's a, little, it's a little lengthy, but worth hearing. He says, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than the facts. It's more important than the past, the education, the money, it's more important than circumstances, than failure, than success. It's more important than what other people think or say or even do. It's more important than appearance, than giftedness or skill. 
why it will make or break a company, a church, a home. The attitudes have the ability to make or break a company, a church, or a home. The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we'll embrace for that day. We can't change our past. We can't change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We can't change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with you. We each are in charge of our attitudes for that day. You know, I, I, I think sometimes with this attitude of gratitude that we automatically think we're going to be grateful for the big things in our life. You know, the surprising thing in the story is that it reveals that these men who had a life-changing, life-altering, life-repairing event happen in their life failed to be grateful for that event. Only one one of them came back to him. My hope for us as individuals is that, you know, that, and when we gather again as the church in buildings, that we're going to be stronger. That actually through COVID-19, we will come back stronger than where we are right now. And I believe that, that uh, that's going to happen as people uh, connect with God personally in very real ways in their homes. That as you become great at being the church in your home, that's only going to be better when we get together. That as you become, you know, the connected with your heavenly father and hearing his voice for you, that when we get back together, that's only going to be better. That as you sing with your hearts out at home uh, and wherever you find yourself, then we get back together, it's going to blow the roof off the place because you were, you were stronger uh, through this. Uh, and when we, get, when we come back together, my thought is this though, that this stronger together is made up of stronger individuals, stronger marriages, I believe, as a result of this. You know, and I think about stronger, stronger marriages, the things that we're going to require to become stronger in the end, gratitude is one of the key things in order for that to happen. It's one of the key things to actually strengthen you through the journey. Hope keeps you in the journey. Trust and faith keeps you through the journey, but gratitude strengthens you in the journey. And here's how it works. And we're just going to, in the last couple minutes we have together, here's my hope and thoughts for you this morning, that marriages would become stronger because so often it's that person in, that we're closest to that we often take for granted that we've set up expectations of how this relationship's going to work. Okay, he's going to do that. She's going to do this. And, you know, one of the first signs that your marriage is in trouble or heading for trouble is that you are no longer grateful or thankful for that person in your life. That you've become no longer um, thankful for your spouse. That's the first sign that you're heading to, a, to a, a troubled spot. You know, Andy Stanley says it this way. He just says this simply using this one line. Hey, thank you. I wasn't expecting that. Trying that in your home trying that in your relationships. When I think about, it, you know, even it, with Beth and I, it's like that thought of saying, you know, when she did the laundry saying, hey, thank you. <laughs> thank you, hon. I wasn't expecting that. You know, I remember the first time saying that she was like, what do you mean? That's what I always do. And the idea is this. Yeah, it might be what you always do, but I don't want you to think that I was expecting it. I'm grateful for it this time. I was grateful for it last time. I was grateful for it the time before. And next time, I hope I remember to say I'm grateful for it again because I'm thankful for who you are and what you do in this relationship. You know, for some of you, are like, man, I don't even know what to be thankful for. I mean, I guess, man, I, like I'm thankful that my husband keeps the lazy boy from moving all around the room by itself. He sits in it and makes sure it doesn't go anywhere. I guess, I guess that's what I'm thankful for. But I think if you dig deep, and if you think about the things that you've developed expectations around, that you'll find there's a ton of things to be thankful for. And you know what's amazing? As you become grateful, as you express gratitude, it does something to people. It begins building strength in one another. And I would encourage you 
to, to think about the things you've taken for granted and to instead express gratitude, you'll be stronger. I, I buy prayers for stronger families that as parents thanking their children, expressing gratitude to their children. Uh, and same thing for kids to parents. I know your parents, they don't, I know they don't understand. I know that they haven't had a new thought in like 25 years. I know, I know they're old school and whatever, but there's a number of things if you'll think about it, that there's, you can be incredibly grateful for part of the answer to the fear and anxiety that people are wrestling with right now is this thing called gratitude. You know, as we look at a verse we've mentioned a few times, remind you again, Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7, don't worry about anything we, we told you a few weeks ago. Instead, pray about everything. But here's what Paul says to them. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Remind yourself and thank him for what he has done. Because why? Verse 7, then you'll experience God's peace. Not just believe it, but it'll, it'll fill you. His peace, which exceeds anything we can understand, it's going to guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You know, I believe you'll be stronger financially. Stronger financially isn't that you're going to have more because stronger financially has very little to do with what you have or what you don't have, but rather how you use it, how you use it. Because in our culture, greed has become this thing of everybody wants just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And greed turns into a nasty master where you begin to serve it and can't serve the Lord as a result. Do you know what the greed killer is? The best greed killer is gratitude being thankful for what he's already done in your life rather than always the pursuit of something more. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, a group who was of Jesus followers who was incredibly persecuted for being Jesus followers. And here's what he writes to them, 1 Thessalonians 5 or 16. He says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to, to Christ Jesus. For many Jesus followers, like God, what's your will for my life? Well, here's one thing. Be thankful all the time in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. He's like, we're not sitting here, hey, we're thankful for COVID because <laughs> that's not God's hand doing that. But thankful God that, that this doesn't stop you, that you're working in spite of this. Even when I don't see it, I know you're working. Even when I don't feel it, I know you're working. I think about, you know, the people like Peter and James, where James would say, you know what, God, <laughs> be thankful when um, various trials come in your life because God, I'm, not, I'm thankful that you are working patience in my life through this. Peter walking out in the storm saying, Jesus, I'm, I'm thankful that as I keep my eyes on you, I know you're going you're gonna to allow me to walk on this water. And if I sink, I'm thankful that you're going to grab me and rescue me. Real guys who really experienced it. And I believe real people can really experience it today. And I believe that we'll take less for granted. That we'll focus less on what we're losing and more on what he's done for us already. So I, I, my challenge this morning for you is, would you take a moment to make a top 10 list? To just sit down and think, God, what, this is what I am most thankful for in this season of COVID-19. Not just 10 things. We can all do 10 things. I'm thankful for grass, for sun, for trees, for birds, for bees. How am I at six? Okay. I'm thankful for. But would you take a moment to think about these are the top 10. These are the things I'm so grateful for. And I, and I imagine that the top of the list isn't going to be things at all, but rather people. Individuals people that you're thankful for. As we finish up today, all 10 lepers had a choice and each and every one of us has a choice this morning. One chose gratitude. Will you be that one? Will I be that one to choose gratitude? What kind of gratitude? Let's go back and to that last verse from Luke 6, 17, verse 15. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, here's what he did. He came back to Jesus. He was shouting, praise God, praise God, I'm healed. He fell to the ground 
at Jesus' feet, thanking for, for what he had done. He says, this man was a Samaritan. This guy came back with extraordinary gratitude for what God had done in his life. You know, where do, when's the last time you've seen that kind of gratitude? I, as I was thinking about it, I know my mother-in-law makes the message again. Sorry, mom, but this one makes you look good. Uh, this is one of those, the, the, I remember we went on a family cruise and it, was, it wasn't a pleasant experience uh, because of there was neurovirus on the, on the uh, cruise. Most of our family got sick with that. And if it wasn't that, the seasickness got them because we had just terrible weather. And I remember getting back into port and I remember my mother-in-law walking off that ship and getting onto dry land and just hitting the ground, her knees on the ground, like face to the ground. She kissed the ground. I was like, thank you for dry land. I will never take you for granted again. And I think, man, like that was just for dry ground. What are the things that you have that sense of gratitude for? So what about you and what about me this morning? It's today's message. It's his word revealing stuff about you, about your heart. Maybe you're finding it, you know, difficult to be thankful for certain things. The negativity has just flooded your mind. But as you sit back and reflect right now, you're like, wow, you know what? In spite of all the bad, I'm thankful for this and I'm thankful for this person and I'm thankful for this. And maybe if you're struggling and having a tough time with it, let me remind you of one thing this morning. One thing that I think that each and every Jesus follower has to be thankful for. And it's this, when Jesus was on his way where this story happened, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He was on his way to do what he had come to the planet to do, to lay down his life for, for the world, to take the sins of the world, my sin, your sin on his shoulders, to pay the death penalty price for that sin. All of that was on his mind as he was walking down this road with the disciples. Then these, these 10 lepers call out to him. You know, it's, I think for me, it's like when there's all kinds of busyness in my mind, I, I, don't, I, I don't have the time for the, for the other people in my life, but not Jesus. He simply said, you know what, I'm going to put their needs above mine. And he, he reached out to them in a great way. But I think he knew that they, they had no idea what he was about to do. As his disciples were walking, they, they didn't know that in just a few, few weeks, they were going to be watching their friend and teacher hanging on a cross, watching him bleed out and die. They didn't know that in a few days later, they'd be kind of bewilderingly looking at an empty tomb. They didn't realize. They didn't know that their savior of Israel was coming to be the savior of the world. They didn't realize what he was going to do, but he did. He knew, he knew that on that third day, and I just want to leave with the lyrics of the song, that on that third day, he said, then came the morning that sealed the promise. His broken body began to breathe. That out of the silence, the roaring lion declared, the grave has no hold on me. And the truth is, because it had no hold on him, as Jesus followers today, it has no hold on us. That we have been forgiven. We have been set free. That is past tense. You are free, free indeed today. You are forgiven. You are welcomed into relationship with, with your heavenly father. You have so, so much to be thankful for that somebody loves you that much. It's incredible. And if you're not a Jesus follower here today, it's the reason I think you should be. It's the reason I think you should be because God knows your name. As you're watching this morning, he knows you. He knows your past. He knows all of that. And guess what? He still loves you and is welcoming you to live, in, live differently, to have the opportunity to have a do-over, to have a fresh start, the opportunity to know the God of the universe. Today, he's calling you. Would you come follow me, he says. It's up to you. And I promise you, you take that step, you will have limitless things to be thankful for. So you go out into your world this week. Keep your eye open. 
for the things that you can be grateful for because it will strengthen you through the journey. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the truth of that. Thank you that uh, as we remain grateful, it just strengthens us from the inside out. Lord, I know where, where there's so little of that around us that maybe that's going to be what impacts others around us, that they see you, that they see how amazing, how good you are. Jesus, thank you for my friends and family. I pray over them right now, just that your presence would uh, fill their hearts and their lives. Holy Spirit, that you would translate this word into their individual situations this morning for their good, for your glory. I love you, Father. Thank you again for this time. It's in your name I pray. Amen.